0: Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen? Amen. There's nothing quite like being able to be in the house of the living God in a place where God is going to move. So I'm thankful to be with you all this morning. Today, I'm, I don't expect to be very long today. I just wanted to share a short, quick little thought, uh, and I'll be reading out of Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse Well, we'll start at verse 17, we'll skip around and eventually end up at uh, chapter 4, verse 11. And starting at Matthew chapter 3, it it says that, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then in verse 4, verse 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered, and the tempter came to him, and he said, first he said that if you are the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the devil could not get Jesus to rely on something else he could not get him to rely on what he saw in the physical so the devil decided he would try a different approach and so the devil then takes him up to the holy city and sets him on a pinnacle of the temple and tells him if you be the son of god cast yourself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning you and in your ha- and in their hands they shall bear you up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone But Jesus again said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So the devil once again could not get Jesus to rely on even the signs and the wonders. He could not get him to rely on the things that many might perceive as the spiritual things. So the devil tried again, and then he started to get to the heart of what the devil was really after. So the devil took him up to an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things will I give unto you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. This morning I want to talk for just a very brief moment on the devil's praise. Lord, I pray that you would be with me. Lord, I pray that it would not be my voice, but that it would be the voice of God that works through me. Lord, I pray that you would work to the benefit of everyone in this congregation. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move and have free course in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So the devil was after something in particular and I like to think that it all it all led to this pinnacle whenever Satan took Jesus up onto the mountain and tried to show him everything because the whole time Satan really was after one thing because he did not want he did not want Jesus to be relying on the Spirit of God but instead he wanted him to be relying on the other things I'd like to point out in Isaiah chapter 14 Uh, At verse 12 through 15, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I'd like to point out here that it was even from the very beginning, the devil had it in his heart that he was seeking to take the place of God that he was, seeking to, he was seeking to take praise for himself. What he was after was the response that Jesus was, would give. What he was hoping that Jesus would say was that he could, was that, you know what, you have all these things to offer me, so let me give you the praise rather than the one who deserves the praise. And so the devil was, has always been at the core of everything after getting you to rely not On your God but to rely on what you can see and to rely on the things of this world and even on the things that might seem spiritual signs and wonders and miracles and get to rely on just those things but as long as you don't rely on God the devil's okay with that because as far as he's concerned anything that is not reliant on God that does not give God praise it is the devil's praise Sometimes the devil's praise can be easier to give than the Lord's praise because we don't often realize that it is what we are doing. Sometimes the, sometimes whenever we are out and about in our normal lives, we come across an opportunity. We come across an opportunity. We might feel an unction to say, oh, well, you know what? Maybe you should say something to that person. Maybe you should say something or maybe just go and pray for somebody. Just speak a word of faith into their life. And so we, we think, oh, well, that's ridiculous. There's no, way, there's no way that that's actually right. How could I actually know that? Or, you know what, they're going to think I'm weird. I don't think that I should, I don't think that I really should. I don't think, I, I think I'm just, I'm just getting a little emotional, you know, and uh, I, maybe that's not the voice of God. And so as far as the devil's concerned, well, you know what, he just scored a point because As far as the devil's concerned, he said, you know what, that's a little bit of praise to me because you didn't do what God wanted you to do in that moment. Because you didn't do what God was calling you to do in that moment. So instead of relying on God, we instead turn we instead turn our reliance to on ourselves. But it is the devil's praise to say, oh, well, I don't think I can do that. But it is God's praise to say, you know what? I know that I can't do that, but my God can. And know that the devil might might try to distract me, but you know what, it is my God who does the work. It is not me, but it is God. So it can be the devil's praise to sit there in the silence. It is the devil's praise to sit there and say, I can't do it. But it is God's praise to say, but he can. The devil's praise is what he sought after and what he was hoping to get from the response even in what Job said. He was trying to get Job even to give the devil praise. He Came, he comes up to God and he makes this bet with God that, you know what, Job is only in, he's only, he's only so, has a heart towards God because God has blessed him. And so, Job, uh, Job surely would curse you to your face and die if you, if you would just allow me to get close. And so, God said, you know what, go ahead, because I know the heart of my, of my servant, Job. And he won't fail. And so he, the devil, he goes and he, and I'm sure many of you know the story, that he goes and he ends up taking everything from Job. Job loses his family and his riches. He loses his health. And he even then seems to get besieged by, by friends of his who come and try to, instead of bringing support or comfort to him, instead of exhorting him like they should have, they instead come against him with railing accusations, saying that, oh, well, it's because you are sinful. It is because you do not know what uh, you, because you don't know what God really is. You don't know who he really is. But Job, Job gave a different response. He was angry with God over the course of the entire book of Job. You can see that, that he was angry. And he may, he says over and over, you know, that I wish that I could have an audience with God so that I could make my case before him. But yet in all that, Job still was offering his praise to God. He was still saying that, you know what, my God, I can't see him. I can't even, I, I couldn't see him if he were right next to me. But he is still so much greater than I am. Who can understand the heart of the Lord. And so he was still angry, but yet he still decided that even in his response, he was still going to lift up God. Satan wanted him to curse God. He wanted him to give the devil's praise, but he wanted him to reject God. But still, even in Job's lowest moment, Job decided that, you know what? No, in my response, I'm going to give God the praise. He decided that in my response, I'm going to do what God wants of me. And even whenever you get to the end of Job, Job even repented just of his anger. He even repented that he would try, that he would try to seek that audience to make his case before God. He even, repented of a, he even repented where his anger seemed very justified, but he did not want to be in wrong standing with God. It was better to give the praise of God, and it was something about just being able to get into God's presence that changed everything. You see, sometimes whenever we get into our lowest points, we often feel like we're justified in our anger. And sometimes we might be. Sometimes our, what happens to us is not a result of our doing. Sometimes it's not a result of what we, of our actions, and sometimes it's somebody else who did us wrong. But There's something about whenever we are willing to say, you know what, it's not, it might not be my fault, and I don't know that it is my fault, but my God still deserves the praise. My God still deserves the praise even if I'm in my lowest moment, even if I feel like there's no way that I can make it out. My response is not going to be one that gives the devil's praise because the devil, he will throw every situation at you that he can in order to make you go, you know what, okay, I can't. I relied on God and it just didn't work. So now I have to I have to maybe distance myself a little bit. Maybe I ought to take a little bit more of a step in relying on something else because this pillar, this pillar right here, it seems a little bit more a little bit more sturdy. I know I can lean on this because I can see it. But and that's the devil's praise because he, every, anything that he can do to get you to rely on something else that is not of God. That is the devil's praise. But but God is calling us to be able to walk and to live beside him so that he might be able to surround us and that we might be able to rely on him and him alone. So sometimes whenever we walk through the waters, whenever we get called out onto the waters, we can't rely on ourselves to be able to walk on water because there's nothing in this world that will allow us to be able to really walk on water. We can't rely on the boat because the Boat doesn't quite give the same experience as being able to walk on water, as being able to go into a place with God where it's total reliance on him. As Peter walked out onto the water, it was only whenever he started to focus on something else, whenever he changed what his response was. His response was one of pure focus at first. It was just focus on Jesus. But then whenever he started to focus on something else, that's whenever he started to sink. But whenever he was focused only on God and what God could do in his situation, then he, was go, then he was able to do things that he never thought he would have been able to do before. The devil's praise can often look like the rituals we keep day in and day out, despite it pricking at our conscience. So the devil's praise can often look like the things that we do and in in say, the friends that we hang out with. The devil's praise can often look like hanging out with friends and doing things with friends that we know, you know what, they they aren't necessarily the best influence on me. But it's a lot easier to just take this time to have fun with them and then our Sunday is whenever I'll take care of the things with God. But in James chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, it says, Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? You see, whenever we get into the place of wondering, or whenever we get into the place of, I am going to live how I want Monday through Saturday, but then on Sunday, that's whenever I'll get into the place of reconciliation with God. That's whenever I get into the place of praising God. Well, we have become, we try to make ourselves a fountain that brings forth sweet water and bitter. But these things ought not so to be. Because whenever we are in a place with God, Jesus said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Sometimes we'll ask, I once heard a minister use the example of marriage. Whenever he was asking someone, uh, whenever the husband would be in a, uh, he would get home from work and his uh, wife had been working all the day long as well, and she asks him, uh, well, can you just, can can you do the laundry for me? I've just been, I've been really preoccupied the entire day and I haven't had a chance to get to it. And so the husband turns to him and looks to him and goes, well, is it a, is it a divorce issue? And, and she said, what? I said, well, are, are we going to get divorced over this if I don't do it? And she said, well, no. So he goes, okay, I'm not going to do it then because I'm just, I, I'm tired too, so I don't feel like doing it. And so then the, ne- then the next day, she asked if she could just get a little bit of help just doing the dishes. And he said, is it a divorce issue? And she said, well, no. But and he said, okay, good. I'm not going to do it then because I just woke up and I, I'm really tired. I really don't feel like doing it. And I'm just going to, I don't know, I'm just going to go play games with my friends because I, I told them I'd get on. But sometimes we, we like to do the same thing with God, where it's, we'll ask, oh, but is it a, is it a salvation issue? Oh, it's not? Okay, well then, I, you know what, then I, I don't, I don't want to do it then, because it's a lot easier to sit here and do what I want to do. I can entertain myself for a little while, because it's not a salvation issue. I don't need to worry about it. But you see, that relationship and that marriage, it's not going to last very long, You can imagine that it's going to fall apart pretty quickly whenever it's only about, is it a divorce issue or not? And it's the same thing with God. It's a strain on the relationship whenever all we can think about is, is it a salvation issue? No? Okay. Well, then let me go do what I want to do because I don't, you know what, I'm not really concerned with the relationship with God. I'm just more concerned with what is the end result for me? But, and that is the devil's praise. Because the devil, as long as he can get you to rely on, okay, well, what's going to entertain me here in the moment, as long as he can get you distracted with something else, the devil doesn't want you to have that relationship with God. It's why he came to Eve in the garden and tried to say, Well, you know what? And he tried to he tried to put seeds of discord and deceit into their relationship by saying, Well, you know what, God's hiding something from you. And if you take and you take part of this fruit, then you know what? You're going to be able to know everything that God. God knows you can be like him and Satan is always after trying to interfere in your relationship with God but God wants and he longs for something that is real something that is more than just a is it a divorce issue he longs for something that is a that is a real relationship with any with any given friend or given spouse it is not it is never just about okay well are we going to end the friendship if i don't do this no but it's always about well you know what we're going to stick by each other and we're going to help each other we're going to build each other up regardless of whether or not i regardless of whether or not i feel tired or not you know what i'm going to take the time to listen to you i'm going to take the time to hear you out even though i might be tired because i've been working all day you know what you're my friend, and I'm going to take care of you as well. So it, it can be that way with God, where if we are just willing to get into that place where we say, you know what, God, I just want to listen to you. I just want to give you the praise a little bit more. You know what? Some, it was always about the response. David was a man after God's own heart, and he was he was always concerned with, you know what, God is deserving of more than just the thought in my head that I think about him every so often. But he always said that, you know, praise Lord will be ever on my lips, that I will praise you with my voice. It was always about making a sound. It was always about making the extra effort to go the extra mile to be able to get into a place of, into the presence of God, it was always about trying to say, you know what, God, I've opened myself up to you. I'm not just trying to make sure that I, like the Pharisees, that I have all of my little, my little things set in place, but it's about, I want to get into a real relationship with you. The Pharisees, they had it all right. They, they did all the things that they were supposed to do, and they were the ones who everyone else thought was super righteous, because they always looked real good in church. They always, they paid their tithes. They did all the right things. But whenever Jesus tells his parable, it wasn't the Pharisee that walked away justified. The Pharisee walked up, and he, and he while trying to give God praise, he somehow manages to give the devil praise in his statement, because he says, oh, thank God that I'm not like this guy. Oh, thank God that I am not like the sinner over here, that I'm not like a publican. I thank God that I'm not this, that I'm not that. I thank God. But he wasn't really concerned. He was too busy measuring himself up against where other people were at. He was too busy measuring himself against, well, what do the other people think of me? Or, well, I'm not doing as bad as him, so then I'm, I must be all right. But it was the, fairest, it was the publican who could smite his chest and say have mercy on me O oh god because i'm a sinner it was that one who was willing to try to make the extra effort to go and say you know what i'm not satisfied with where i'm at i'm not satisfied being stuck in a place of just is it a divorce issue i'm not satisfied with just being stuck in a place of well you know what I keep I keep to my daily rituals I keep to my 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 disciplines and I do I do all those things but I want to get into a place where I have a relationship with the king where I can be where I can be able to get into his courts and enter into his into his courts with praise And Thanksgiving and that I can lift up my God and that I can worship him and have a real relationship with the one who was willing to not just do what was easy to try to call me to his presence but he was willing to be able to sit there and be nailed to a cross Almighty God Almighty God the creator of heaven and earth was willing to be robed in flesh and sit there and be nailed to a cross and be tortured for hours on end just so that way he could have a chance at calling me into a relationship with him it somehow feels unsatisfying to say okay but is it a divorce issue it somehow feels unsatisfying to say well you know what i i kind of just want to fit in the devil's praises in the silence that we keep because We want to fit in. The devil's praise looks like squashing that urge to pray at home, or even squashing that urge maybe to sing and to dance. How ought we to respond whenever God's presence starts to move? How ought we to respond whenever God's presence starts to fill the room or whenever we feel like we start to feel that conviction even in our own home and we start to say, oh man, I need to repent about that. But we don't find a place of prayer we don't find a place where we can, we can even dance and lift God up. We can't lift His praise up. We don't get to that place because it would really just inconvenience the time. And so that's the devil's praise. The devil's praise is in the silence that we keep. And, but in overcoming the devil, it says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It was in the spoken word. It was what in, they were willing to say and that what they were willing to do, what they were willing to express towards God. That was the praise of God. The devil's praise was to sit there and say, well, you know what? It's just not convenient. The devil's praise was to sit there and say, you know what? I can't do it. That's not really my place. That's not really who I am. But it's God's pr- place It's God's praise to say what he can do. It's God's praise to say, you know what? I can't do it, but God can. The devil's praise is not even in the temptation, necessarily. The devil's praise is not in every bad thing that happens. Jesus was tempted, but in no point did he give the devil praise. There were a lot of bad things that happened to Job. But the devil didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get praise from Job, even in all the bad things that happened. The praise the devil sought was in the response that people gave. It was in the response that he hoped people would give. If he could just get people to sit there and just cross their arms and be happy and be satisfied, listen to the nice sounding music, but not respond, well then that was the devil's praise. He was okay with that. He was happy with that because you're not moving anywhere like that. You're not moving anywhere or getting into the presence of God. You might just be maybe sitting just in the outer court, maybe just watching as things happen. And maybe you can even feel and hear a little bit of what's really going on. But the devil's okay if you just sit there and are just happy to be there in church. He's okay if you're willing to just sit there and not really live it in class maybe or really live it on the job. He's okay if you're willing to sit there and give and give all the praise to God, but then the response is not one of, you know what, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this to God in my life. I'm going to give this to God in my daily consecration. I'm not going to just give it to God on Sunday so that way I can so that way I can forget about it on Monday. But What the devil doesn't want, he doesn't want your consecration. Because more than anything, whenever you have a real heart after God, it's that consecration that the devil's afraid of. The praise of God is far better than the devil's praise because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God inhabits the praise of his people. The nearness of God is good and I would rather sing the praise of God than the devil's praise. Let everything we do be done as unto the Lord. So why are we still entertaining those things that don't praise God, that don't lift him up? Because the things that don't praise God, where if we're not doing it as unto the Lord, then it might as well be the devil's praise. But I would rather that I could get into the presence of God where it is good, where there is liberty, where there is real freedom. I'd rather get into the place of God where the supernatural can really start to happen, where change can really start to happen, rather than just sit there and say, is it a divorce issue? Jehoshaphat, was besieged by many armies, him and his kingdom of Judah were besieged by many armies, and things were just, it wasn't the best situation because their armies were more numerous and maybe greater than the kingdom of Judah. And so in response, the king called for everyone to take it to God, to pray and to fast, His response to a tough situation, his response whenever things weren't going his way, whenever it seemed like they were just getting attacked out of the blue, was instead to say, all right, well, you know what? I praise you, God. So God promised deliverance. And what did they do? Jehoshaphat sent out singers before the army. He sent out singers before the army. In 2 Chronicles 20, it says that it was when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against Judah's enemies. They overcame with their response. They overcame with praise. Whenever Paul and Silas were sitting in those prison walls, it was their response that brought them freedom. It was their response whenever they started to say, you know what, it doesn't matter where I am, my God still deserves praise. It doesn't matter where I am, my God still deserves praise. It all. So they started to praise, and it was their response that brought about freedom, and not just their freedom, but it brought about salvation and it brought about revival to the people around them. It brought about revival to the Romans who thought that there was no way that these, these men who were very influential were going to have a were going to have anything real, anything of quality. But it was their response that helped that helped those people. Even the Romans see that, you know what? Oh, hold on. There's a living God that works with these people. There's a living God. See, people will always look to your response. People will always look to see what it is that you have to say, especially whenever they know that you're a child of God. Whenever they know that you are, they know that you go to church, so they'll often look and say, okay, well, I mean, he's doing it, so it must It must be okay but whenever we are willing to change our response whether it is in the presence of God in the altar whether it's whenever we're at home at school at work and we feel that urge to pray and we feel that calling to just speak a word into somebody's life the devil's praise is in to say, well, it's not worth it or that's not really who I am. But it's God's praise to say, well, it doesn't matter what I can do. I may be weak, but, in, but let the weak say I am strong in the Lord. It was always about Psalms 34.1. I will extol, extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. You'll stand with me. I'm getting to a close. In Acts chapter 10, Cornelius was a man who he did live for God. And he, tried, he gave alms and he would praise God. And there came a point of decision where Cornelius was going to be called to step into something greater. Where he was going to be, he was going to have to get uncomfortable. He was going to have to travel a little bit. He was going to have to step outside, certainly, of what he was used to. And his response to the call of God, whenever he was told to go and seek out, to seek out this man named Peter, if he had responded, well, that seems a lot of work, or if he had responded maybe only half heartedly, and did not try to do not try to do exactly what God wanted him to do. I wonder if Cornelius would have been able to get to that place where the Holy Ghost was poured out on him, where the Holy Ghost was poured out on his family. But it was because Cornelius responded with action that the Holy Ghost could be poured out, that salvation could come to him and to his household. It was because he responded with action whenever the presence of God came and said, why don't you move? Why don't you move with me? When Jesus healed 10 lepers, it was the one that responded with praise that was made whole. It was the one that turned back and said, I praise you, God. I lift you up. There is none like you. It was that one that walked away whole. The others were just healed of a, of a disease, but they weren't made whole. The one that was made whole was the one that was willing to get down on his knees, was willing to humiliate himself and embarrass himself a little bit. To say, you know what, I want to be in the presence of the king. To say, you know what, God, I worship you. It was the response It was always about the response. The devil's praise is to keep us away from God, is to keep us relying on the things, on ourselves even, and relying on what others might think rather than what God might think. Hebrews 13 says, By him let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God Continually, When I'm praising God, if I don't feel a little uncomfortable, well, then I wonder, is it a sacrifice? But that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. In offering the sacrifice of praise to God, sometimes I have to be willing to get a little bit uncomfortable. I have to be willing to get to a place where it says, you know what, I don't just want to pursue a really good job. And I'll give praise to God for a really good job and for a great social standing, for being put in a great situation. But it's not really worth it if I'm, I don't really have a relationship with Almighty God. If I don't really have that relationship then while I can sing the praise of God with my mouth then I can still be singing the devil's praise with my heart because if it's not about seeking relationship with God sometimes we might feel that we're not really getting into a place of breakthrough with God and so we start to we start to give up but what if your breakthrough was wrapped up in your response? What if your breakthrough was wrapped up not in what I feel, but in could I, get, could I just get a little bit closer? Could I just push just a little bit further? Could I just push just a little bit harder? Could I just praise just a little bit more? Could I just get a little bit further into God's presence? Could I just pray just a little bit harder? What if Your response, what if your breakthrough is wrapped up and how well can you praise? How well can you lift up God? How much am I willing, how far am I willing to go? How hard am I willing to smite the ground? How many times am I willing to smite the ground in order to get victory in the spirit? Am I willing to get victory? I don't want it to just be, is it a divorce issue? Because I don't just want what's good for me, but I want what's good for the Lord. I want what is the, I want to build the kingdom of God, not just, not just on Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and the whole week. I want to get into a place where I can worship God, where I can give his praise. I don't want the devil's praise to ever be on my lips and certainly not in my heart. It's God's praise that I will sing. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I wonder if we could get and to just a little bit of praise this morning. If we could start to lift him up this morning, just a little bit on a Saturday morning to the point where we might get uncomfortable because I want to praise God. I would rather dance and sing and lift my God up, not just, on, not just in a church service, but at home. I'd rather be able to praise and to dance and to lift my God up everywhere that I am because my God deserves all the glory, the honor, the praise. My God, he was willing to take such a step to call me to repentance, to call me just to get a little bit closer to him. So God, it doesn't just seem right that I might just say, oh but God is it a divorce issue? But God I want to reach for something greater. I want to reach for something that is real, for something that is living, that can only be found in you. I want to get to the place where there's real liberty, where there's real breakthrough. So God, if my response is wrapped up, and how I, if my praise and my breakthrough is wrapped up, and how I will praise you, and how I will respond to a situation, and how respond to the presence of the King, then God, I want to dance. Then God, I want to lift you up. God, I want to shout. God, I want to praise your name because God, you're worth it. God, you're worth my pride. You're worth my humiliation. You're worth it all, God. If I can't get into the presence of God, then it's not worth it. If I can't get into the presence of God, then what am I even doing? I want to get into the presence of God. Let's just lift him up right now. Let's take a few minutes this morning just to say, my God, I worship you. I lift you up. I extol you, God.